Okay, good morning. We begin by thanking our sponsors, the Talmud Torah sponsors for the month, Paul and Kathy Pollock, in honor of the, their grandchildren. May they be zochet, have much nachas from all of their grandchildren. The Dafyomi Shir is sponsored in the Schos of Rafur Shlema for Yehuda ben Michal, the son of our devoted Magid Shir, Rukal Akiva Kovacs. Rukal Akiva also asked me to announce that Amit Hashem, he's making a bris. The bris is going to be tomorrow morning, about 7, 7.45, at Rabbi Golfez's shul. It will be a big covet for him, for anybody who can participate in the bris. The Week of Learning is sponsored by Gail and Doug Stenger, Mazel Tov to Akiva Leib Weinberg, on his bar mitzvah, from his Bubby and his safta, Mazel Tov to the entire Weinberg mishpacha. Day of Learning is sponsored by Leah Sol, in memory of <coughs> Raymond Smith's beloved sister, Tammy Polanski. The Neshama should have an Aliyah, and the family should have an Achama. Dafyomi is sponsored by Milton and Melanie Gertner in honor of their granddaughter Lucy, Esther Fruma, on her first birthday. Happy birthday. She came into, into the world quite early and had an extended stay in the NICU. But Baruch Hashem, she is growing beautifully. May she grow to be a source of pride and nachas to her pa- parents and all of Klai Yisrael. Amen. Mazel tov. Additionally, we have a late-breaking sponsor. Saeed and Sima Hakain are sponsoring today's DAF for a Fuashlema to one of our DAF participants, to our dear friend Baruch Fischel Ben Rachel, who's having surgery tomorrow. The surgery should go well. Bernie should have a Fuashlema in Vakarov. Let us begin. Today's Amud is, is a, a riveting, riveting Amud. It's one of those Amudim. Okay? I say that because it's. It's, a, it's really a beautiful Amud because it really takes so much of what we have been learning over the past few days and kind of all just puts it together and we see how everything comes together. All the different opinions come together and it's kind of like a beautiful bouquet of flowers that we picked from all the different Amudim that we have. We put all the sheets together and we try to analyze who says what like this, we don't walk away from the sugya just thinking, I heard the name of Chun Yubin Akana, there was a name of Yitzchuk that came up, there was a rabbah, there was a Rav Meir, Rav Yechanan, Rish Lakish. The Gemara takes all of it and puts it together and makes sense out of the whole sugya. So it's an exciting Amud, it's a beautiful Amud, you have to hold your head together a little bit, but again, um, that's something we're very good at over here, it should not be too much of a challenge. The Gemara begins... Just a quick reminder of what we are doing. The Kamara was very much motivated by what seemed to be a, a, a stira. What was the stira? Our Mishnah writes very clearly that if a person is ma'anes, a person violates his sister, then the halacha is that there's going to be a knas. The problem was that we know there's a concept called kam that when a person has an action that he takes, and that action carries two punishments. One of them is more harsh than the other. We are going to implement the more difficult, the more harsh punishment, and we are going to let the person go on the easier punishment. So therefore, in the Mishnah in Mako says that a person gets Malchus for violating their sister. It leaves us with a very big problem. How could our Mishnah say that there's a Knas? A person should not get Malchus and a Knas at the same time. And therefore, we had a bunch of different answers. So the Gemara begins, we are starting, today's daf is daf lamed hey, we're beginning on daf lamed dalid, and we are starting 
two, four, six, eight, ten, about 12, 15 lines up from the bottom with the word Bishlama. Gemara says, remember Rabbi Yochanan, he explained that the Mishnah was going according to Rabbi Meir, and, sorry, Rabbi Yochanan explained the Mishnah is talking about a case where there was no Hasra. Since there was no Hasra, therefore there was, no, there was no Malchus. In other words, Rabbi Yochanan says technically both Halachas are true. However, there's a technicality in this case where there was no Hasra, and therefore the Malchus can't be implemented, and that's why there is a Knas. Rish Lakish explained that our Mishnah is going according to Rabbi Meir, who says that there's both. There's Malchus and there is a Knas. Why was that? Because the Meir is of the opinion that this whole concept of where we don't give Malchus and a financial fee is only when the financial fee is actually covering a monetary expense, not when it's covering a monetary penalty. So the Gemara says, We can understand why Rabbi Yochanan wanted to explain that it's talking about a case where there was no hasra, there was no warning, and therefore we could not give the person the Malchus that must be because he, want, he did not want to find a das yachid. He didn't want to find one single opinion which is owned by Rav Meir and then say the Mishnah is going according to Rav Meir. He wanted to find an opinion that is more unanimous that more people are going to agree with and therefore he explained the Mishnah is talking about a case where there was no hasra. Okay, what was Rish Lakish's problem? Why did Rish Lakish have to go find a single opinion in Rav Meir? and explain that the Mishnah is going according to this one single opinion, why couldn't he just simply agree with Rabbi Yochanan and say the Mishnah was talking about a case where there was no Hasra? The Gemara says, Amr lach, kivan di'ilu asru be'ipater, kilo asru nami pater. Says Rabbi Yochanan, the reason why he could not agree, sorry, says Rish Lakish, the reason why he could not agree with Rabbi Yochanan is because he fundamentally disagrees with the concept that Rabbi that Rabbi Yochanan was advancing, which is, Rabbi Yochanan says that if there is a warning and therefore we can actually give the Malchus, in such a case when the Malchus can be given, he'll be exempt from the monetary fee. Says Rish Lakish that even though there would be a case where he does not get a Hasra, still the action that this person took since the action can hold him responsible for Malchus, even if technically we can't administer the Malchus to the person because there was no Hasra, but the action that the person took, the Avera that, that was committed, is an Avera that comes along with Malchus, automatically the financial fee is going to be waived. In other words, we have a fundamental Machlokas here between Rish Lakish and Rabbi Yochanan. What happens if a person violates an act that comes along with a penalty of Malchus, but there's a technicality we can't administer the Malchus. What's going to be the halacha? According to Rabbi Yochanan, if you can't actually administer the Malchus, so then yes, we will kick in the financial fee. According to Rish Lakish, the fact that you actually can't logistically administer the Malchus does not mean that we're now going to slip in the financial fee. The financial fee is still not going to be there by virtue of the fact that an action was committed that comes along with a penalty of Malchus. So that's what the Gemara says. 
My time alay Omar Krab Yochanan, Wakas Omarlach, Rishlakis will tell you, Kivan the Ilu Asrube Potter, since if we would have given him the warning, he would have gotten the Malchus and thereby would have been exempt from the financial fee, Kilo Asrube, even if we don't actually warn him, Nami Potter, he's still going to be exempt from the financial fee. The Azdulutamayu, the Gemara suggests that they are going according to their own opinions, which are stated elsewhere. Where the Chiasur of Dimi Amar, when Rav Dimi came to Eretz Yisrael, he said the following: Chayave Misos Shogigin, the Chayave Malkios Shogigin, the Davar Acher. What does this mean? This means there are certain Averos where, if a person commits this act intentionally, b'mezid, they would be Chayav either Malkos or Misa. If a person would commit this act intentionally and be warned, the person can face the death penalty from Bastin or they can face the Malchus penalty from Bastin. Now, the additional word Shogigin means that this act was committed by mistake, unintentionally. So when that, when that comes into play, the halacha is the person cannot be chayv Misa or Malchus. So a person does an act which would carry along a death penalty. But the problem is logistically the person can't get the death penalty because the act was done by mistake. Or a person commits an act that would come along with the penalty of Malchus, but the person cannot actually be punished with Malchus because the action was done unintentionally, it was done by mistake. And in addition to that, they committed one more sin. Rabbi Yochanan Omar Chayiv. Rabbi Yochanan says the person is going to be Chayiv for the additional sin. Why? Because the chayiv, the chayiv of Misa, the chayiv of death penalty, or the chayiv of Malchus cannot be fulfilled because it was by mistake. So if the chayiv of Malchus or Misa cannot be fulfilled because the action was performed by mistake, so then let's allow the davar acher, the other action, the other avera, to go ahead and take its role, and therefore he will be chayiv for the davar acher. That is the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan. Reish Omar Potter. Reish Lakish says he's going to be Potter on the Dover Achar, on the additional sin. Why? Kivan, Ilu Asrube, because if you would have given him the warning, he would have been Potter, and he would have been Chayev Misa. Kilo Asrube, if the fact that you don't actually give him the warning still does not affect the fact he's going to be Potter on the additional sin. So here we have. A beautiful machlokes, Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish, which is consistent with another machlokes they had elsewhere. And this is going to be a fundamental discussion for the next Amud, which is when you have the concept of Kamli Bidrabamine. Everybody agrees in the concept of Kamli Bidrabamine, which is that if you commit a very harsh Avera, which comes along with a harsh penalty, then you're going to be exempt for a financial fee. What's the halacha if, because of a technicality, a person cannot actually be punished for the more harsh aver which was committed? Are we now going to say that because of a technicality and he can't be punished for the chi of Malchus, he can't get the Malchus, or he can't get the punishment of, of Misa, of the death penalty, are we now going to say that the, pers- the person is going to have to incur the financial penalty or the lower penalty? Rabbi Yochanan says, yes, indeed, since he's not getting the more harsh punishment, the more minor punishment takes effect. 
Rabbi Yochanan, sorry, Rish Lakish says, no, since the action was committed, and had there been a warning, he would have indeed paid the price for it. So the fact that there's a technicality in the way of him actually getting the more harsh punishment does not affect the lower punishment, and he will not get the lower punishment either. Now, Eisvei Rish Lakish Rabbi Yochanan. Rish Lakish went ahead and asked Rabbi Yochanan about the initial source of this. Remember, the initial source, the concept of Kamli Bedrabimine, came from a pasuk of Veloyia Asan. That was talking about where two people got into a fight, and unintentionally they involved a pregnant woman in this fight. And this pregnant woman was struck by way of this fight that happened, and because of that she miscarried her child. Now the pasuk says, Veloyia Asan, there will, will not be the tragedy of death. In other words, this woman, this pregnant woman, does not die. That is the source of the concept of Kamli Bidrabamine, which is if she doesn't die, and therefore there is no chiv because of her death, then there's going to be a financial obligation to pay the Deme Vlados, the amount of money that she's entitled to because of the child that she miscarried as a result of this fight. Since this is the source of the concept of Kamli Bidrav we're going to analyze that Pasuk to help us understand who's right. Is Rabbi Yochanan right or is Rish Lakish right? So it begins with a question from Rish Lakish to Rabbi Yochanan. Rish Lakish, who is the one who's of the opinion that we don't care if technically the person got the Malchus or not, we care if the person committed the act that would come along with the Malchus. He begins by asking below, Yia Asam. If there will not be a tragedy of death, then anoshi, anesh, the person will be punished. So my love, let us assume, is this not discussing a case of ason mamish, where there is actually a real tragedy of death. In other words, where she dies. Now, Rashi points out, ason mamish means imlo meso ha'isha ye anesh hanogev. If the woman does not die, then the one who was fighting will be, will be punished. What will the punishment be? It will be Bidmevlados paying the fee that comes along for causing her to miscarry. Now, what this means is, if she will die, regardless of the fact that the person might or might not have the punishment for her death, because we don't know if there was a hasra. In other words, if she dies, it seems like regardless of what happens, the halach is going to be that the person is not going to incur the financial fee for the vlados. So it seems like, according to says Reish Lakish, it seems like the only factor that we care about here is, did she die or did she not die? We don't care if the person actually receives the punishment. So my love, Asson Mamish, let's assume this is talking about a case where there was no death now, if there was a death, regardless of whether there was a punishment, the person would not have to pay for the financial fee for the, ch for the child, for the miscarried child. And therefore, this is a riot to Rish Lakish. And a kasha on Rabbi Yochanan responds to Rabbi Yochanan and says, no, lo, it does not make a difference whether or not the, the, it, the, the difference in the Pasuk is not whether the woman died, rather lo din asa. We're talking about whether there's the actual halachic din the actual halacha of what happens when someone dies, which is that there will be a chiv which comes along for her, for her death. So again, this is a very fundamental dispute in terms of how to understand this pasuk. 
Rish Lakish understands that lo yi'asun means there was actually no death, and therefore that's the only factor that makes a difference, whether there was a death or not, not whether there was a punishment. Rabbi Yochner understands the Pasuk to mean that lo yi'asun means there's no din asun, there's no actual halachic manifestation of the of the death, which is the punishment, and therefore they're able to disagree, and still the Pasuk is not going to be a problem according to Rabbi Yochanan. Amri, there are those who say it exactly the opposite. That the question was asked from Rabbi Yochanan to Rish Lakish. Rabbi Yochanan to Rish Lakish. There will not be a tragedy of death, and therefore there will be a financial obligation to, obligation to pay for the miscarried child. My love, Din Ason, isn't this referring to the halachic manifestation of a case where there is a tragic death? Lo Ason Mamish, no, this is referring to a actual Ason Mamish, says Rish Lakish. It's talking about a case where there was actually a death. In other words, again, just a simple disagreement in terms of how to read the Pasuk. Now that both Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish answered the question, we cannot use the Pasuk as a raya, as a proof to either one of them. Amar Rava. Rava now goes and says, Is there really anybody who is of the opinion that says that when there is an action that would come along with the death penalty, and the person technically can't be put to death, is there really somebody who's of the opinion that chayavin, that there would be a financial obligation that comes along with it? Aye, the Gemara says, V'hatana taught us, Maka adam u'maka They compared the striking of a person to the striking of a behema. And what is that drasha? That drasha is, Ma'maka behema. Just like when a person hits or strikes an animal and causes damage, the Pasuk does not differentiate whether that striking happened intentionally or unintentionally. Whether the person intended to hit that specific animal or intended to hit a different animal. Whether the person was holding the axe and he was striking downwards. Whether it happened when the person picked up the axe. Why is this important? This is important because when it comes to halacha of galos, a person running to Ari Miklat, the halacha is, this is Akasav, the Pasuk teaches us that it does make a difference whether the person was on the way up with the axe or the person was on the way down with the axe. When it comes to striking an animal, there is no difference between whether the axe was going up or down. In any one of those cases, it makes no difference the potro mimamon. Person will not be potro, a person will not be exempt from financial obligation by any of the above mentioned circumstances. El the person will be chayiv in any one of those cases. Af make adam. Similarly, when it comes to striking a person, lo tachlok bein shogeg, we're not going to differentiate between a case where the person struck the other person by mistake, intentionally, the person had intention for this person, not having intention for this person, whether it was going down, whether it was going up, rather, in any case where a person kills another person, the halacha is, it makes no difference 
Any of the above-mentioned circumstances are not going to make a difference. In any one of those cases, the person is going to be exempt from paying money. Why? Because of the concept of We give the person the more harsh punishment. Clearly, it says over here, it makes no difference. What happens? The person is always going to be potter for money, whether it was intentional or unintentional. The person, if it was unintentional, the person can't be put to death. So clearly we see, when it comes to chayavei misas shogigin, when it comes to a person committing an action which is punishable by death, it does not make a difference whether the death is actually going to be carried out by Beistin, in any one of these cases, the person is going to be exempt from the financial, financial obligation. So clearly, Tana de Bechizkiah is teaching us that the halacha is like Rish Lakish. Now you might be thinking, okay, so fine, Tana de Bechizkiah goes according to Rish Lakish. Very nice. Is this, is this true that just because Tana de Bechizkiah holds like this, that that means that everyone agrees with this? So I don't want to go through the whole Tosfus, but that is Tosfus' question. Tosfus in Umi Ikalamanda Omar, he basically asks this question and says, it's very nice that Tanah de Bechiski is of this opinion, but there are Chalkin in Meseches Sanhedrin, and if I obeys, there are those who disagree with Tanah de Bechiski. So Tosfus explains that this particular circumstance is going to have to work out according to everybody. So now, here we have this question, how can it be that Rabbi Yochanan disagrees on the concept of Chayav Emises Shogigin being exempt from money? We clearly have Tanda Bechizki, which says it in, when they compare striking an animal to striking a person. It must be that when Ravin he came, he said, Omar, Chayav Emises Shogigin Kuli Amalo Pligi Everyone must agree and when it comes to a case where this chayav misa, where the person would be punishable by death, everybody would agree that there's no difference whether or not the death can actually be carried out by Beistin. It's the action that, that is the, what is the action or the commitment of the Avera that exempts the person from financial obligation. That's going to be true according to everybody when it comes to an action or to an Avera that would come along with the death penalty if it was carried out in the right way, where there was a hasra, and it was bemazed, and everything else came along with it, then yes, the person would be exempt from a financial obligation, and therefore is always exempt from a financial obligation. Kipligi, when do Rabbi Yochanan and Rishlokis have this machlokis about technically the person if the person got off on a technicality, the, qu- the question arises, do you still have to pay? When the punishment for the action would be malchus, would be lashes. So it's chayavim malchus shogigim v'davar acher. Rabbi Yochanan Amar chayiv. Rabbi Yochanan says chayiv, as we mentioned before, that if there's a technicality, the person cannot get the lashes, cannot get the malchus, then indeed we would slip in the financial fee. And... And he explains, because chayavi misos iskish, chayavi malkios lo iskish. The chayav of misa is actually iskish, is brought close to the halacha of, of, of makabahema, but not malkis. Reish lakish reish lakish, says a person is not going to have to deal with the financial fee, even if he got off on a technicality. Why? Because beferish 
Ribsa Torah Chayavi Malkios Kechayavi Misos. Says Rish Lakish, the Chayav of Malkus is included in the Chayav of Misa. In other words, says Rish Lakish, even though this Tanah de Bechiskia that we learned really only compares killing, which is Chayavi Misa, to the Halacha of Makabehema, of striking an animal. However, says Rish Lakish, I now have a later subsequent Hekish to bring, I shouldn't say Hekish, a Limut from the Pasuk to bring the Halacha of Malkus to be similar to the Halacha of Misa. The Gemara asks, Hechan Ribsa, where did the Torah add in Chayavi Malkios, a, a punishment of Malkus to be similar to the punishment of death? Hechan Ribsa, Torah, Amrabaya Asya Rasha Rasha. We learn from Rasha Rasha. In other words, it says, V'haya and bin Akosa, Rasha, and we have Ashahu Rasha Lamos. As Rashi points out, Nemer b'chayavi misos Ashahu Rasha Lamos, V'nemer b'chayavi malkius v'haya and bin Akosa, Rasha. So it says the Rasha both when it comes to Achayav of Misa, as well as it says it when it comes to the Chayav of Malkus, and therefore we're able to compare Malkus to Misa. Rava Amar, Rava says it's not the word Russia that we learn from, rather the word Maka that we learn from. Amale Rapapa, the Rava. Rapapa says, very nice. Where are these two words Maka? Where did you get them from? So, hey Maka, where does it say Maka? It says, As well, it also says, And you're trying to link those two words to compare the punishment of death. To the punishment of, of Malkus, that's referring to a case where someone died, not Malkus. Elahai Maka. Must come from this one. Maka Nefesh Behema Yishalmena. Person strikes the Nefesh of Behema, the person has to pay for it. Nefesh Tachas Nefesh. A soul instead of a soul, which is referring to. Which is referring to a. Monetary chiv. The samachlev ishkit in mumba miso person will give a mum and his friend kasher asa keni asolo. Just like the person did, so should, should just like the action the person committed, so should we should we should incur upon him this chiv. The Gemara says, hold on a second. Vahilav makihi doesn't say anything over there about a maka. In other words, you're telling me that we're learning the word maka. By a, from a Malchus to a Misa, it doesn't say anything about, it doesn't have the word Maka there. And maybe it says something, mum ba miso, person will put a mum, will give a wound to their friend, but that's not, it doesn't have the word Maka there. Morris says, Anon ha basically chill out. Even though it doesn't actually have the word Maka there, we're not looking for the word Maka, we're looking for the concept of a Haka. We're looking for a place where the Torah describes a maka when it comes to Malchus the same way it describes the maka when it comes to Misa. The Gemara says, Hold on a second. That aka, that striking that you're referring to, what was that talking about? That was talking about causing bodily harm to somebody else. Now the problem is, 
We know from Masechus Bavakama, when it comes to Choval Bechavero, there are five things a person's financially obligated to compensate the person for. So we see very clearly, Choval Bechavero, Choval Bechavero, Bartash Lumino. There's going to be a financial obligation there. So we see clearly, you can't compare this. There's no Malchus in that case. That's the case when there's a financial obligation. So the whole thing doesn't start. Gemara says, If that Pasuk cannot be re- teaching us something about a Hakkah, about a striking, where there is a financial obligation to pay the person because there was damage worth a Shavapruta, let us stretch this over to a place where there will be Malchus. Do you know why? Because there is no damage worth a Shavapruta. Let's now apply that to a case where there was a striking which caused damage which was less than a Shavapruta. Okay, Gemara says, very nice. So, self, the person's not there, there's no payment over there. In other words, if you look at Rashi, In other words, you can't tell me that the reason why there's no financial payment there is because of the Malchus. In other words, even if there's a technicality in your way which stops you from getting the Malchus, still you have a financial obligation. The reason why there's no financial obligation over there is because there's no finances to discuss. The person's damage was less than Shavapruta. So the Gemara says, Lo, Tzricha must be talking about a case, was the Bahadi de Mechaya Kara Shirayindalei. The same time that the person was actually assaulting him, he actually tore his shirt. So imagine this, a person hits somebody very hard and breaks his glasses. So that, therefore, it's not going to be a direct result of the hitting. In other words, it's not medical bills. There's no tsar, not that much pain. There's, no, there's not that much boshes that comes along. All the rest of the things are going to be very minimal. But there's an external chiyav moment over there because he tore his clothing. So there he's going to be exempt from paying that because he was involved in a haka which would come with malchus. So in other words, we are able to establish a case where there is going to be both a technical chiyav for Malchus as well as a technical chiyav for Mammon. He'll be off the hook on the money because of the Malchus, even though the Malchus is not happening. Going back to this Tan de Omar, they say, We're going to compare the striking of a person to the striking of an animal is what we said before, just like when it comes to an animal. A person's going to be chayiv on the damage to the animal, whether it was bishogeg, whether it was unintentional, it was bemezid, it was miskaven, lo miskaven, derech irida, derech aliyah. So the same thing will be true when it comes to a person striking human being, that it makes no difference whether it was any of those above-mentioned circumstances. The person will always be exempt from paying money because of the penalty that comes along with actually killing somebody. So Gemara says, Why are you assuming that that case took place during the week? Who says it's talking about during the week? We can't make any of those differences. Maybe that whole discussion was talking about where the person committed this act on Shabbos and the Gufa 
Maybe that case took place on Shabbos, and when it comes to the actual damage of the behemoth, you could differentiate, create that distinction. What will the distinction be between Shogig and Mezid? In other words, on Shabbos itself, there's a chiyav on Shabbos for killing the animal. Even if it's not an actual shechita, the Gemara Masechah Shabbos discusses killing an animal, could either be tzoveya or it could be shechita. Nevertheless, the halacha is the person's going to be chayiv for killing the animal on Shabbos. Why don't we just differentiate in the actual killing of the animal on Shabbos? The Gemara says, Lo We can't think that. It can't be that this case is talking about where it was on Shabbos. Why dechsev umake behema yishalmena umake adam yumas. We have to have a circumstance where both of these things, things are going to be true. The person strikes an animal and would be chayiv. The financial obligation for striking that animal. And a person will be liable for death for killing the person. If it's talking about a case where the person did not receive a proper hasra. He was not properly forewarned before he did it. So then, Maka Adam Amayumas. Why will the person be put to death? He was never warned. Ella, Pshita, must be the He did get a warning. Okay, so if the, if the case is talking about where there was a warning, so both cases must be there was a warning. If it was on Shabbos, Maka Shalmena, will a person actually have a financial obligation for killing an animal on Shabbos? There's no chiyav moment there. There's no obligation for finances there. Why? Because if he was warned not to kill it, he must have been told, don't kill the animal. It's Shabbos. You're not allowed to kill an animal. And if he kills it anyway, misa for violating Shabbos. So it just can't be that this case is talking about where it was Shabbos, and therefore, indeed, the drasha can be upheld because it was talking about during the week. If it was talking about during the week, then we could compare striking of an animal to a striking of a human being, and just like when it comes to striking of an animal, it makes no difference whether it was a shogig or a mazid, the same thing is going to be true when it comes to striking a person, and therefore, according to Tanah de Bechizkiah, we do have this upheld drasha which tells us that chayave misas shogigin, when it comes to an action that would come along with a, pun- a punishment of death, even though it was a shogig, and technically the person can't be put to death, Nevertheless, the halacha is the person is going to be exempt from financial obligations. El alav, and Bechal must be talking about those during the week. Okay, now the Gemara gets really exciting. We're going to go back and we're going to have to pull together all the different opinions that we mentioned from a few Amudim ago and try to figure out who holds what. Amr leira papa Rapapa says to Abaya, Lerabba, who's Rabba? We mentioned Rabba just yesterday. If you look at the bottom of the Flamid Dalid, Amit Aleph, in the bottom of the page, Rabba, Amar Laolam, Bitoveach Ayde Atzmov, Rabbi Meir, Loka Umeshalim Islay, Nais Umeshalim Leslay, Vishani Hani Dechidushu Shechitsha Torah Beknas. Rabbah is the one who introduces Rabbi Meir and says, even though we have a concept of Kamli Bid which says that when there is Malchus, there's not going to be a financial fee for a financial obligation. That's only true when it is a Chiyav Mamon. 
But when it's a financial penalty, then we are going to give the person the penalty anyway. Okay, so According to Rabbah, who says that the mission is Rabbi Meir, because we're talking about a knas, and therefore there could be Malchus, and there could be a chiv of mamon, of a financial obligation for a penalty. Our Mishnah, how are we going to figure it out? If you're going to tell me that our Mishnah is Rabbi Meir, we have a problem. We're going to learn this again. We mentioned this Mishnah yesterday, but it's the upcoming Mishnah. We have a question of Bito, of the daughter. Why? Because in that case, it says there's no knas. Why not? It's a financial, it's just simply a financial penalty. It's a knas, and therefore, there should be a knas when it comes to the daughter. The fact that there is a chiv of Misa should not affect that. Ikra ben ben Akana. Who's that? Nechunia ben Akana, he came up on Daf Lamid, if I'm not mistaken. And Daf Lamid. And what does Nechunia ben Akana say? Nechunia ben Akana is of the opinion that there can't be a chiv of Misa and Malchus, right? Look at Rashi. He is of the opinion that yes, a person can get Malchus and he can pay. But he holds at the end, He's of the opinion that a person will never have a chiv of Misa and a chiv of Tashlumen. In other words, Malchus and Tashlumen, yes, but Misa and Tashlumen, no. So now, if we're going to try to say, let's go back to the Gemara. If our Mishnah is like Nechunia ben Akana, Kasha Achoso. Achoso is not going to work. Why? Because why is there no Chiv of Mamon for, or, no, Look at Rashi. It's true that there's no chiv of Malchus. You should potter them. In other words, there should be no chiv of Mamon when it comes to Achoso because there's kares. In other words, he says, while well, it's true that you will have a chiv of Malchus and Mamon, you're not going to have a chiv of kares and Mamon. So why, when it comes to Achoso, is there a chiv of Knas, if there's a chiv of Kares? So the Mishnah can't be Rebbe Nechudim either. Ik Rebbe Yitzchak, if you're going to try to say that it is Rebbe Yitzchak, who is Rebbe Yitzchak? Rebbe Yitzchak, he appears in Meseches Makos, and he says, Ein chayave krisus b'chal malkus men. A person who gets a chiv of Kares will never get Malkus. The opinion of Rebbe Yitzchak is, and if a person gets kares, there's never going to be malchus. In other words, according to Rabbah, that we, we're going, according to Rameyer, in other words, put this all together, that yes, there can be a financial penalty even if there is malchus, but that's, that's going to be problematic. The Mishnah can't be Rabbi Yitzchak either, Rabbi Yitzchak's of the opinion, that there is no chi of kares and chi of malchus, Kasha Mamzeres. Mamzeres is a case where there is a chi of kares, and still 
Everybody agrees that there's going to be Malchus there. So in other words, the Mishnah can't be Rabbi Yitzchak either. So we're drying out our options over here. We already excluded, we excluded Rabbi Meir because Rabbi Meir is not consistent with the halacha of Bito. We excluded Rabbi Chuni ben Akana because Rabbi Chuni ben Akana is not going to be consistent with the halacha of Achoso. And now we're excluding Rabbi Yitzchak because of Mamzeres. This would work out if you hold like Rabbi Yochanan. In other words, he can say that I'm going according to Rabbi Yochanan and say that since the actual chiyuv is not going to be carried out, so therefore we could then go ahead and slip in the lower punishment. If he's of the opinion like Krishlakish, how is this going to work? It's not going to work according to anybody. Ella al karchach. The Gemara doesn't say Ella al karchach. Rabbi Yochanan Sfiralei. It must be that Rabbah is following the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan that you have to actually have that chiyuv working out when it comes to Malchus in order to, for you to be exempt from the lower fine of uh, the financial fine. Amar le Rav Mastan liAbaya. Rav Mastan says to says to Abaya. According to you, or according to Reish Lakish, who says that Malkus and Misa are going to have the same halacha, and therefore, regardless of whether or not the Chiv is implemented, the financial fee is going to be waived. Mantana de Palagalea who is the Tano, who disagrees with the Mechunia ben Akana, the Gemara says, I Rabbi Meir, we can choose it to be either, either Rabbi Meir or Rabbi Yitzchak. It will work whether it's according to Rabbi Meir. The Meir says, Loka umeshalim. I Rabbi Yitzchak, it can be the opinion of Rabbi Yitzchak. If you look at Rashi, the Amar, Lo shayach malkus pachiyavi krisus, that there's no malkus pachiyavi krisus. So those, either one of those can be the Tana who disagrees with the Mechuni Menachana. It is a little bit early, but I think that we're going to stop here for today because the next Gemara from these two dots on starts off a whole new sugya, which is, is probably to save, probably best to save for tomorrow. So we'll stop here at the two dots of Tana Rabbanan Arayas, Vishni Yisla Arayas. Have a wonderful day. Reminder, Kalman Akiva is making a bris tomorrow, Mirza Hashem, at 7.45 at Rabbi Golfez's shul. Mazel tov.